eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. People of the world, hello and welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. Today on the show, Twitter refusing to unlock New York Post account unless Hunter Biden post is deleted. Mm -hmm. Facebook uses AI to forecast COVID-19 spread across the United States. Calls for Facebook Twitter to halt trending sections ahead of the election, um, or rather as the election gathers steam. Mark Zuckerberg said Facebook will have fewer bans after the election. We'll see if that's true. LinkedIn rolls out stories. It's a feature going worldwide. How to prevent index bloat from sabotaging your website's SEO strategy. And last but not least, the forgotten goal that converts better than SEO. This is episode 101, and it begins right now. Twitter refuses to unlock New York Post account unless Hunter Biden posts are deleted. If you want the original article, it's right there in the description. GOP has criticized social media platforms for blocking outlets reporting on Hunter Biden. Twitter has refused to unlock the New York Post's account since Wednesday unless the outlet deletes six tweets about its reporting on 2020 Democratic nominee Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, the Post reported. Both the San Francisco-based social media platform and Facebook came under fire this week after the two blocked users from sharing a post article showing purported communication. Uh, so we've covered this the last couple of weeks. Um, we talked about how McEnany um, lost her Twitter account uh, for retweeting this. And now we're talking about how, re how Twitter is simply refusing to unlock the New York Post account unless the posts are deleted. Now, originally, what Twitter has said was that it had something to do with their hacking policy. Uh, Twitter updated uh, the policy on Friday, saying it will start labeling content that violates its rules rather than remove it altogether. Dorsey, the CEO, apologized, uh, quote, unless it is directly shared by hackers or those acting in concert with them. So from Twitter, they say, our work to limit the spread of misleading information goes beyond elections starting today. Before you retweet or, quote, tweet any labeled tweet that breaks our misleading information rules, you'll see a prompt. And it'll provide more context. Quote, while we've updated the policy, we don't change enforcement retroactively. You will still need to delete the tweets to regain access to your account. So, look, um, if, on, if you're on the right, you're obviously furious about this. If you're on the left, um, I can imagine some folks uh, that are quite happy about this uh, going down. That being said, I do wonder, um, just looking at this apolitically for a second, uh, the fact that a uh, corporation uh, does what it wants to do is a fairly American tradition, is it not? Uh, for them as a private company to make a decision about what they think is best. Um, but you do run across um, governments using these platforms to reach the populace. Um, that's the craziest thing um, about this entire situation, which is Twitter almost is a public utility at this point. And uh, for it to remain a private company um, in the shadow um, of censorship um, such as this uh, casts a dark cloud 
um, as far as I can tell. Now, that being said, um, the amount of censorship on Twitter um, in regards to an election uh, will have an effect. Um, I do think that, again, um, there are folks that are happy about this because their candidate will benefit from it and people that are furious because their candidate will not. Uh, the timing on this is pretty rough. Um, the uh, takeaway for me is that um, these private companies, Twitter and Facebook in particular, have an enormous amount of power. Um, and uh, as they take their shots, um, you can clearly see that in social media land, um, much like you've got your Fox business, which is an article that we're taking from here, MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, Ben Shapiro, the left, the right, the center. Um, it's more and more difficult to find anything even resembling objectivity because um, when you are refereeing um, information such as this, um, you're going to burn somebody. Engadget.com, Facebook uses AI to forecast COVID-19 spread across the U.S. It could help counties take measures in time to minimize losses. So here's something pretty neat coming up from Facebook. Uh, according to the article, it's crucial to predict the spread of COVID-19, duh, when a poor estimate could lead to overcrowded hospitals or extra strict lockdowns. Facebook is betting that AI could help. Of course it could. It just published a paper outlining an AI technique it will use to forecast the spread of COVID-19 in counties across the entire United States. One would assume that you would have to either sync with the hospitals or have people self-report. The system predicts infections 14 days ahead by accounting for both the nature of the disease and the social factors that influence its reach. So perhaps it's simply using data that exists from hospitals and uh, making an estimate of future spread. Facebook factored in the new coronavirus's inherent traits, but also trained its AI on time-based county case data, as well as public anonymized data that helped it account for elements like mobility and social distancing. I am reminded of the father who went into the Target and said, why are you sending my daughter uh, ads about being pregnant? She's not pregnant. It turns out she was pregnant. Um, what is fascinating about this is we're going to find ourselves very, very quickly in a situation uh, similar to chess where there is no human that can even come close to beating um, the AI that chess has become. Um, and so we do currently live in a world where this sort of AI um, is going to be better than any sort of advisor. It's going to be the advisor. Um, can we keep it under control? Will the robots take over? Um, that is actually something to seriously consider as we move forward with these AI. Now, in the short term, Facebook using AI, um, to me, is a pretty good idea. Also, uh, if I can say, fa uh, Fox Business, if you would please stop with the ads. Oh, my gosh. Super loud. Can we get rid of that? We might just get rid of it here. Sorry. Sorry for the delay. I'm getting hit by a, by an ad here. Okay. So moving along, calls for Facebook, Twitter to halt trending sections ahead of election gather steam. The letter has more than 6,000 signatures. Calls for Twitter and Facebook to temporarily halt their respective trending features in the U.S. ahead of the 2020 presidential election are gaining steam with just two weeks until election day. So asking Facebook and Twitter to stop trending features? Why would that matter? The Mozilla Foundation, a nonprofit supporting public internet service, on Tuesday sent a letter with more than 6,000 signatures 
to the two social media giants demanding they immediately, and this is a quote, turn off two features that can amplify disinformation, Facebook's group recommendations and Twitter's trending topics. So perhaps the argument here is that if I can get something to trend, excuse me, on Twitter, trend on Twitter, say that 10 times fast, um, that uh, even if it's not true, that people are going to assume that it is based on popularity. This is something that humans are prone to. Quote, this approach would solve an urgent and unmet goal, curbing disinformation at scale while protecting against bias. The letter reads, right now a false or misleading trending topic or violent group can reach, can reach millions of people before other safeguards to label content or remove groups can take effect. What do you think? Do you think it's fair? that uh, they should stop trending on Twitter and uh, suggestions on Facebook groups ahead of the election. I don't know. Um, this feels like a pretty um, aggressive slap um, towards uh, our ability to speak freely. I know. How dare I be a free speech advocate in 2020? But this, for me, is, is a step too far. Now, if uh, it is clearly false information that's being promulgated on these particular platforms, um, and it is trending, then I believe Twitter and Facebook have a right to be able to say whatever they want um, about whether they believe it to be misinformation or not. That is in, uh, I think, their best interest. But uh, for them to simply shut this down, I, I don't think I'm on board with this one, as far as I can tell. BuzzFeedNews.com, Will Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg said, excuse me, Facebook will have fewer bans after the election. I feel like this election is um, so tumultuous and tensions are running so high that we're seeing moves that uh, previously would, would not uh, have even been anticipated. Um, so bans after the election, yeah, I could see them going way down. I think things will calm down, hopefully, um, once this is all said and done. In a company-wide meeting, Facebook CEO said recent content rules banning hate and conspiracy content were implemented because of the U.S. presidential election. I think that's probably, um, I don't want to say that in and of itself is a mistake, but I do think as a private company, they shift to the societal norms of the moment, which is something that I think they're getting used to. I think uh, Facebook is struggling to understand that they have to be very dexterous and dynamic when it comes to understanding the current political climate and they have to move. And that right there... Um, kind of feels wishy-washy, you could say, um, because they don't really stand for anything. They stand for whatever is happening in the moment. Their sort of um, pie-in-the-sky idealism when they first started out is great when you're starting a company, but when you reach a certain size, um, it just becomes, okay, all right, we got to move with the culture. Um, so, yeah. Facebook has spent the past few months scrambling to ban Holocaust denial the QAnon mass delusion and right-wing extremist groups. This from BuzzFeed News. You can tell their bias here. The out, to outside observers, it appears the company is finally reckoning with the vast landscape of hate and disinformation it has helped create. Yep, they are not pulling any punches. But Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg recently told employees at a company-wide meeting the real reason the social network was cracking down, the U.S. presidential election. Well, this obviously um, is the case. Uh, Zuckerberg said, quote, the basic answer is that this does not reflect a shift in our underlying philosophy. Really? Our strong support of free expression. Yikes. I, I don't think that's uh, being very truthful. He said, 
What it reflects is, in our view, an increased risk of violence and unrest. As I said earlier, trying to move with the culture as it uh, is manifesting today, especially around the elections and an increased risk of physical harm, especially around the time when we expect COVID vaccines to be approved over the coming months. Yeah, holy smokes. I mean, I defend Facebook often. Um, I think that they make a ton of mistakes, but by and large, I think that they're a pretty amazing company. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they are perfect by any stretch of the imag imagination. So strong support of free expression. I've seen that uh, dwindle in recent weeks, especially um, with the uh, the uh, current election. I feel like they they believe that the that safety that COVID information about vaccines um, that is correct um, trumps, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, free expression. And uh, for me, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and uh, leave a comment because I'm curious what you think. Do you think Facebook is pushing um, in the wrong direction? Or do you think that uh, they are accurately um, assessing culture as it stands in 2020 and uh, making the right calls? LinkedIn rolls out stories feature worldwide. So LinkedIn has launched LinkedIn Stories Worldwide, an opportunity for individuals and company pages to publish photos and short videos via the mobile app. Um, I don't know. LinkedIn to me is always a little bit on the fringe. It's it's never going anywhere. Um, but uh, will it be the cool platform? No. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> I think Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, that sort of stuff is going to be the cool platform. And Stories to me are sort of... I don't know. Uh, could they be good for a business? Could they be good for B2B? Perhaps. But uh, LinkedIn just comes across as a bit stodgy and stories a bit more hip than uh, they than they are. So I think for stories, people are going to go on Instagram. But prove me wrong. You know, hop on LinkedIn, do some stories. Let me know how they go. Um, because it's relatively new, I would recommend it for your business now. Just give it a shot. Uh, see if uh, things can go well for you there. Forbes.com, how to prevent index bloat from sabotaging your website SEO strategy. It's easy to have way too many pages on your website. So index bloat, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a phenomenon in which search engines index undesirable pages on a website. So they're referred to sometimes as zombie pages. Despite what many webmasters believe, not all pages on a typical website need to be indexed. That's true. Index bloat can cause your website's desirable pages to rank lower in the search results. Search engines, for instance, may rank a page of duplicate content higher than the original page. Um, and so you do want to make sure that the pages on your website actually have value. Um, what's hard about this is that um, if you got blogs back from like 2012 and you linked to them from Facebook and Twitter, you can't really delete them. So according to the article, once you've identified your website's undesirable pages, you can either delete them, which I wouldn't do if they're linked to social media, or block search engines from crawling them. Both methods will completely remove a page from search results. So blocking search engines from crawling them would be the more realistic um, option. If you delete a page, though, visitors can't access it, obviously. If you block search engines from indexing a page, search engines will remove it from the search results. We get that. Um, deleting, blah, blah, blah. So I, I again, I wouldn't delete, um, but uh, but you could perhaps just take them out of the index. That would be one of the options, but not entirely sure I'm for that. SearchEngineJournal.com, the forgotten goal that converts better than SEO. What could it be, according to Tony Wright? It's no secret that search engine marketing provides one of the best returns on investment in all marketing. I suppose that's true. The magic of opt-in email lists. He's talking about opt-in email lists. 
One of the things that makes search engine marketing work so well is that the prospects coming to your website have actively searched for your product or service. This is in contrast to traditional and other forms of blah, blah, blah. So the idea here is an opt-in email list. You know what? It's 2020. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people think that email is no longer really viable. Um, but tell that to a casino. You know, they make millions off of their email lists. Um, it could be that the demographic of casinos is older and they respond better to it. Um, but uh, it's not something to, to, completely, um, to completely ignore. So if you do run a, a Google ads campaign and you are gaining emails from people that wanted uh, to hop in or wanted to join the list, it can be a viable way of making some money. So don't forget about email lists in 2020. They're not dead yet. So, ladies and gentlemen, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is when the show is live. Live. Always live. I like live because, uh, for me, that uh, lack of polish, if you will, uh, makes it much more interesting. So, we do appreciate you swinging on by. If you have any questions for me, join us for the live show. Just go to YouTube, type in Marketing as a Foreign Language, subscribe, notification bell, and voila. Ask me some questions. I want to hear from you. So, Twitter refusing to unlock New York Post account unless Hunter Biden post is deleted. As time progresses, I'm curious about the facts on the ground um, of the New York Post article. Um, Twitter refusing to unlock them just goes to show that uh, in an election year, um, the social media giants have a political leaning. You could argue that, no, their leaning is just facts. I understand it. I understand your perspective. I get it. Um, I do not know the facts um, about the post-Hunter Biden story. I do think that's a little suspect that uh, the hacked media policy was the reason given. And I also think it's interesting that CEO uh, Jack Dorsey apologized twice about it, um, just censoring it. And the fact that the New York Post um, account is still blocked unless they delete those um, leads me to believe that this story is not going anywhere anytime soon. So we'll get a sense of, uh, of the facts as they are revealed over the upcoming weeks. Facebook uses AI to forecast COVID-19 spread across the United States. Great. Good for them. This is the right thing to do. They're using AI in the correct way. Um, and I am, uh, I am pro Facebook on this particular move calls for Facebook, Twitter to halt trending sections. I don't agree with this. I think Facebook and Twitter should be able to have whatever trending they want. Um, I think, uh, the item that I would be okay with would be for them to simply, simply put a label onto the trends. If they feel as though the information is misleading, um, they can weigh in. Obviously, they're private companies. They can do whatever they want. But I do think it's a mistake to halt trending for now. Because is not our democracy simply a giant trending graph? Isn't that what voting is? Um, BuzzFeed Zuckerberg said Facebook will have fewer bans after the election. Yeah, I think that they are moving with the whims of the culture. And that um, it is not surprising to me that their uh, their free speech narrative has changed over the years as they amass more and more power. Uh, LinkedIn rolls out stories. Why don't you give it a shot? Um, how to prevent index bloat? Yeah, you may want to block some pages on your website if you got too many or they're very old. Uh, look up the term zombie pages if you want more information about that. And then uh, the forgotten goal that converts uh, email, perhaps in 2020, is not completely irrelevant. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for swinging by the show today. We appreciate it. Um, join us uh, every single day, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, we're on Spotify, so feel free to go download old episodes. Listen in your call, in your car, 20 to 30 minutes each. Um, good stuff. So 
We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one.